Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Bible's out, turn to 1 Corinthians 15. We're kicking off uh, and just a three-parter. I'm really going to just set you up today. I want to just kind of get you ready for the next two weeks. I want to kind of prime the pump a little bit. I want to excite you, fill your faith up a little bit uh, for what the next two weeks are going to hold. We're also talking about um, victory. That's the theme of the summer Bible experience. We're talking about victory, but I've kind of titled it a little different. I'm taking the angle of breakthrough um, because let's take a look at the scripture. I'll explain it to you. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God. We have a lot to be thankful for, amen? We have a lot to be thankful for. Take our opportunities when we come, when you're at home, and just spend some time giving thanks to God. He, God gives us the victory. We don't earn it. We can't ever earn it. We can't make it happen ourselves. Our victory comes through what he did and what he did through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have victory because of what God did. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Wasn't anything I could ever do to earn it or gain it, but God made it available for me through Jesus. I love how it says this through our Lord Jesus Christ, not just our Savior, amen? Our Lord, living a life of surrender to him, living a life, walking with him, talking with him, fellowshipping with him, obeying him, making him a priority in our life. And then when we do those things, we walk out the victory. We walk in the victory that God provided through Jesus Christ. So can I, can I say it this way? Victory has already been won. We're not here on the earth trying to gain victory. The moment you give your heart to Jesus, you walk in the victory that he has for you. Amen. Thankful for that. So I'm not fighting the fight for victory. Victory's mine. But I do find myself at times having to break through some hindrances and obstacles in my life to experience the fullness of the victory God provided. And so that's where we're coming through breakthrough. We're going to find a ways in the next couple of weeks to break through some areas in our life to experience the victory. And why wouldn't we? Because the victory's already been won. Why wouldn't we then experience the victory to the fullness that God intends? Because it's already been yours. And that we don't because of the obstacles and hindrances that we can't seem to get through or break through. And we're going to find some ways to do that. Uh, let me say it this way. There doesn't need to be another crucifixion. Jesus doesn't need to be broken and bruised again. He's done that. He doesn't need to to go to the cross again. He's done that. He he doesn't need another death, burial, and resurrection. There's already been one. There doesn't need to be another empty tomb. One was sufficient. He doesn't need to go back down to hell and get the gates of death and Hades. That's already been given. In fact, he's given the keys to you and I. Get the keys to death and Hades. Think the gates. Go down and get the keys. He's already given the keys to you and I to all that. Victory has been won. Amen. It's been provided for you and I. That's good news. But I know. I know we face things in our life. I face things in my life. I know I have the victory. I still have some obstacles and hindrances that I need breakthrough from time to time. And we all do. In fact, probably all of us in here, either we've experienced a need for a breakthrough, we're experiencing one now, we will in the future, but without, you know, don't need to embarrass anybody who knows what those are, and there's not only bad things, but uh, how many of you guys know that you need a breakthrough somewhere in your life? Can I put my hand up with this one? Don't feel, come on, raise your hands up. I'm not going to hand you the microphone to tell us what it is. <laughs> in fact, I'm not going to tell you what mine is. <laughs> but we all find ourselves there sometimes. So this message is for you. This is a great message. We're going to really get set up for the next couple of weeks, and we're going to ask God not just to bring us victory, but uh, um, how we can uh, figure out ways that we can walk in uh, a breakthrough in some areas in our lives. So let's take a look in John. And John 5 is absolutely one of my most favorite stories in the scripture. I haven't taught on it in a long time. I love teaching on it. 
And uh, in fact, when my wife and I went to Israel last year, uh, we went to this location, it's called the Pool of Bethesda. And uh, I was excited to see a lot of things and it was a life-changing trip for sure. Uh, I was really excited to see this particular place because I, I just love teaching on it. I didn't put any pictures up today because I'm not a photographer and, and some of the things I took, I don't, why, why did I take that picture? But um, let me set the story for you. There, there's a pool uh, called Bethesda and, and the Aramaic word for it was Bethesda. And in there, people would lay on these porches. And so uh, the people that had needs in their life and their bodies would lay on these porches. And, and there in that moment, things would happen from time to time. We'll talk about the scripture specifically in a minute. Um, the water would stir, an angel would stir the water and first one would be healed. And so you can imagine this, this huge area, and it is a big area where lots of people are laying there in need and so needing of a breakthrough. And we're gonna study this particular man. And I believe that will encourage you, and inspire you perhaps and get us ready for the next couple of weeks but to experience breakthrough in our lives. Um, so in John 5, there was a man in a similar situation that we find ourselves in, in need of a breakthrough. And when he began that day, it was like any other day, I would imagine, and uh, he was either carried or out there, I guess, because he couldn't walk, carried out there to the pool here, and then had no idea that day that he would have an encounter with Jesus. And so let's take a look at that. John 5, verse 1 says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Jesus was already headed to Jerusalem uh, to attend a festival. He was already going to some meetings, but he had a meeting on his way to the meetings. And so now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is an Aramaic called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades or porches, covered porches. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Can I tell you, here's a man at the right place at the right time because he had an encounter with Jesus. He had no idea, but he was at the right place at the right time. Can I tell you this morning, you're at the right place at the right time? Can I tell you, anytime that you come together in his name, there he is in our midst, that on your way and in the middle of the meeting, you can have a meeting with Jesus because Jesus is always looking to connect. He's not too busy to intervene on your behalf or in your life, no matter where you think he's going or what do you think he has going on, he's not too busy to intervene on your behalf, amen? And you're in the right place at the right time. I believe that every time we gather and there he is in our midst. I love that thought, that idea. It says, and here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. Uh, here, a number of people with conditions would gather. Can I tell you, here, in this place, a number of people with conditions gather. I mean, we're looking at this scripture and there's a, it says disabled people would gather. It says the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, the broken, the depressed, the hurt, the betrayed, the abused, the addicted, the proud, the arrogant, the cynical, the gossip, the sick, the broke, the disappointed. You get the picture? If I keep going, I'm gonna hit you eventually. Come on. Come on, there's none of us perfect and we all have condition in our life. Listen. So you're in the right place at the right time. This is a great place to be. And I love that idea. And so uh, God, uh, Jesus took a moment during this time on his way to a meeting to have a meeting. It goes on to say this then in verse five. Notice it skips verse four. If you have the NIV, which is what I'm teaching out of this morning and in many other translations, it actually skips verse four. You gotta go to the King James, the New King James or some other translation to find that. But it goes on, we'll get back to that in a minute. It goes on in verse five then, it says this. One who had been there, an invalid for 38 years, that's the, the man we're talking about today, he'd been there for 38 years, verse six says this. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for 38 years, he, he talked to the other people and said, well, if he's been there that long in that condition, we might as well just leave him there. 
No, he didn't say that. And he said, you know, Bob over there has been that way for 38 years. He's used to it. I don't think change would even be good for him by now. He's learned to live with it. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say, you know what, let's go find someone that hasn't been quite that long in that condition. That's a pretty big deal. Let's find somebody that maybe, maybe they just had an accident. Maybe they just got diagnosed with something. Maybe there was someone born with something. He didn't look for maybe, let's say, maybe the easy ones. Can I tell you, he's looking for the worst of the worst. And listen, we come to church thinking, well, I'm going to come to church in my condition, and I'm just going to present God the things that I think are simple and easy. We have a tendency to come in, well, I just kind of need to be, be I just kind of been sad this week. I need a little pick-me-up. We, we'll come in and say, well, I just kind of have a cough and just heal me. And can I tell you, our tendency is, as we gather with other people, is we want to hide the worst of the worst within us. And he's saying, that's what I'm looking for. I believe and I can't prove this, but I believe that a man that had had an issue for 38 years could just very well be the worst of the worst gathered around that pool. And so I just want to encourage you today. You are in the right place at the right time. And on your way to a meeting, Jesus is having a meeting with you. And he wants you to not just present him with the simple, easy things in our mind. He wants you to open up and present him with the worst of the worst in your life. And he is a good and faithful God. And he shows up on the scene here and goes, I believe, to perhaps where the greatest need was. He goes to find someone and says, do you want to get well? The question he asks, and Jesus ultimately asks him that question, do you want to get well? I think breakthrough happens when we're willing to expose the worst of the worst to him. And so when we get that question, I think that question, right, it's a question I want to pose to you today. And this question right here is the place where breakthrough can begin. Now, victory has been won, bought through Jesus but your breakthrough is really kind of up to you. I mean, if victory's already been won, what are you doing about walking in that victory? What are you doing when you're facing the obstacles in your life because victory's already been provided? How do we get a breakthrough? There's a lot of things that we can do, and I believe because victory's been won, then breakthrough perhaps is up to us, and the question posed is a powerful one. Do you want to get well? Here's what I've observed. I, I wanna share this for a minute. Here's what I've observed. I, I, Today, or this month, actually the month of June, I'm actually celebrating 25 years of full-time ministry here at Tree Life. Can you believe that? 25 years here at Tree, full-time ministry. Crazy. And I know a lot of you are thinking, man, you don't look that old, and I don't. I agree. In fact, I was hired full-time at 10. I started working here at 10, and uh, I actually started serving at 13, and my parents uh, started the church, but I've had the privilege after ministry school Bible school to come and serve here. 10 years, 10 and a half years as senior pastor. So I've observed some things through those years and through that time. And so here's one of the things I just want to share with you. I don't mean this to be ugly. I mean this to be truth. What I've observed in 25 years of full-time ministry, 10 and a half as senior pastor, that many times people come to church without any desire or any intent to change anything about their life. And I, and I believe that to be a reality. I don't mean to be hard, at, but we need to examine ourselves and our lives. And I was thinking about this the other day. Let me illustrate this way. My, my wife and I, go, you go through those times you're talking about, yeah, I just need to lose a, little, I need to lose a couple pounds. I need to lose some weight. I want to get in shape. I don't know if you think that way I do. I want to get in shape. I, I want to feel a little bit better. I mean, I'd like my clothes to fit better, feel a little more self-confident, right? I, I'd like to lose a few pounds, have a little bit more energy maybe, uh, do some things. We talk about that. You can diet and exercise. And so we talk about that. We have those discussions. We are just doing that the other day. Uh, you know, about exercise, working out, eating better. And I know many of you work out. I know many of you do. I see your posts and all that kind of stuff. I know a lot of you go to the gym. And can I just say, I have an Instagram account, but I, you won't see me posting. I'm not the fit pastor. I'm just going to tell you that when I <laughs> post on Instagram. I'm not. I mean, I'd like to be. I mean, but I'm not. I don't like to think I'm the unfit pastor. And 
You could take that a number of ways, however, but I'm not. I am not the fit pastor, and I won't point to him. He's over here on my right, your left, but I'm not. I'm not. I love that. I love that. I mean, that's awesome. That's great. And you won't see me posting that I'm, you know, doing arms and legs. You won't see me posting that. If you see me posting something, you'll see me doing bacon and eggs, but not arms and legs. I don't know. I just like, like that. I don't know. And, you know, I have those moments. I'm going to start a small group. I have those moments. You know, I want to go and do this. But the funny thing is, kind of the funny, sad, embarrassing thing is, is honestly, I've had a gym membership for years. I'm the guy gyms love. I'm the guy that when a gym moves into a town, they open up and they hope that a whole bunch of people pay for gym membership but never arrive or never come. And that's me. And I was thinking about this. We're looking at our budget. We need to eliminate that then. But I'm always thinking, no, I'm going to start going, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because I love the idea of getting in shape and looking better and feeling better. I love the idea of that. But, but, I, but, I, but I don't do that. And so, I, and I've even had people very... Very nice people here. Many of you do that, and you're fit, and you're in shape, and I've had many people uh, lovingly and kindly come and ask me if they they're personal trainers, and, and asking me if they can be my personal trainer. I'm like, wow, do you think I need one? I mean, look, come on, and really, it's like, no, I'm just kidding. And so, I know, and we'll talk about stuff, and I know I need to do this, but I'll just be honest with them. I'm like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I don't think it's gonna work. You know, I don't, I don't run. I don't run. I, I want to run. I don't like that. I don't jog. I don't jog. I don't even believe in cardio. I don't even think I'm gonna. I don't want to do that. I don't do arms and legs, and I don't do sit-ups and crunches, and I don't lift weights, and I don't do that. I'm just looking at them and saying, well, I just don't do that. And I don't do burpees. I don't even like saying that word. I just think it's a terrible word. It took me years to know what that was. I, I don't do those things. I don't. I don't do push-ups. I don't do squats. I do like dips, but like bean dip and cheese dip and, <laughs> and spinach to be healthy, right? I guess that's what it is. I don't do that, but you know what I do do? I do love the idea of circumstances and things in my life changing, but apparently not enough to change me. And I think that's something we need to really be honest about because breakthrough begins with me. Breakthrough begins with you. And so back to my original observation, I believe this, I, you know, I, I believe that a lot of us, a lot of times, even though I've had a gym, let me say, I've had a gym membership probably a lot longer than the fit pastor, but I don't look like I have a gym membership, can I tell you? I've had a gym membership long, longer probably than a lot of you fit people in here, but you couldn't tell, I don't probably look very fit, even though you've had one shorter than I, I've had one longer, but there's some things in my life that I'd like to see changed. But I've realized I love the idea of seeing change more than the idea of making change. See, and I think that many people come to church and love the idea of God changing our circumstances more than the idea of God changing us. And change begins with us. Breakthrough begins with you and I. So in Jerusalem, there was a pool, a pool near the sheep gate named Bethesda. And it had a great number of people laying at it. And let me tell you, again, many of us in here have a condition of some sort. It's just that many of our conditions are more emotional or spiritual or on emotional spiritual levels and are easier to hide than physical ones. And that's the truth. And, and I can cover my emotional condition by the way I talk or the way I act. I can cover my spiritual condition to some extent by the way I talk, by the way I live, by the way I act. But honestly, the truth is, if we were all to identify where we need a breakthrough, most of us would talk about a situation in our life. 
Most of us talk about, well, my husband's just being this way. Or most of us talk about, well, my job is like this. And most of us talk about, well, the people I hang with are like this. And most of, most of us, 99% of us probably would identify our condition as being the cause of somebody or something else and miss that just maybe it's because of me. Most of us would, uh, aren't looking for a breakthrough in my own selfishness. Most of us aren't looking for a breakthrough in my, in my own anger or, or, or what's those things within me. And I think breakthrough, we have, the victory's already been won, but for us to break through these areas and these places in our life, breakthrough begins with me. It's interesting in this exchange between Jesus and this man that you see a very, obviously a very physical disability, but I believe also others associated with that. And so Jesus walks right up to this guy and asks him, do you really want to change? Not do you want it to change? Or do, you, or do you want it to change or do you want that to change? It's do you want to change? And apparently this man doesn't hear very well of one of, be one of his issues because he doesn't even really answer the question that Jesus asks him. And have you ever, have you ever been in a moment with maybe you have some kids that are, mine are 16 and 18, but I remember years past and they didn't arguing and fighting and stuff like that. And I'd be frustrated. It just would frustrate me when they wouldn't stop. And I'd come up and I'd say, stop it. And, I, and then I'll ask them, I'll say, what are you doing? And then you get this long in, in explanation that you didn't even ask for that. And you ever find yourself saying, I did not ask you that. I did not ask who started it or whatever. And I'm, I'm, I don't care who started it. I'm going to finish it. <laughs> Is that just me? I don't, you don't have to raise your hand here. You ever been there? It's interesting. We get in that moment, we ask those questions, we get all these explanations of things we never asked. And, and Jesus asked this man, do you want to get well? And, and notice that he didn't ask, do you want to feel better? I think it's important because do you want to get well and do you want to feel better? Two different questions. There's a difference there. Do you want to feel better or do you want to get well? See, we can come to church to feel better and never get well. And many of us do that. We can come to church for comfort and leave unchanged. And the pool is a place, I believe, the pool is a place where you could be around other people with conditions, other people with disabilities and feel okay about yours. You could feel normal. Maybe some people ended up there with their disabilities, not just because of the hope of being the one that when the angel would come, but maybe because they feel normal around other people with disabilities. Can I tell you, we all have conditions here, and listen, yes, church is a place that we want people with conditions to come. Can I tell you, we want the lost and the hurting, the broken to be here. We want that. We pray for that. A church should be a place, but we never should think that those conditions are normal. That there is a breakthrough for you and I is what we should live for. He'll do it again. So we come here. Can see some people don't even like, you realize there's no perfect church? And people evaluate church. There's just a lot of people, a lot of problems there. I'm like, that's what church is. I'm reminded of a guy, a pastor that was telling a story about a man, and he said uh, he was inviting this guy to church. This guy didn't want to come, and the pastor said, well, why don't you want to come? And, and the guy finally said, you know, I'll be honest with you, that's just a bunch of hypocrites. Church is a bunch of hypocrites. And he, and he said, I see those people out living their life worldly ways and they go to church and all that kind of stuff. And the pastor says, yeah, you're right. You know what? But we got room for one more. <laughs> because we all need help. I hope this is a place that people like that come here. But we can't stay here and just feel comfortable around other people that have problems. 
We have the victory already won for us, amen? So we push on through our breakthrough to experience and live that way. So maybe this man felt comfortable gathering with all those that had conditions. And, and again, my hope, my prayer is that this is a place that people will come that are lost and hurting and find a way to their breakthrough. See, we should come and feel loved and accepted but not comfortable in our condition. And so he comes to hang out by the pool and maybe he's given up hope after 38 years and anything's ever gonna happen. Maybe we've been coming to church so long that we've given up hope and changing. But we, we get used to coming and waiting and waiting maybe. Waiting for what? What are we waiting for? Well, waiting for verse four to happen. Now in the NIV, as I said, many other translations, it doesn't have a verse four. And I, I like the NIV. I mean, I, I like that, but I, can I tell you, I was raised on the King James. How I many you guys were raised on the King James? I mean, my dad, if you were here, my dad's been gone 20 years, but if you were here, man, he, he King James guy. I mean, so he loved the King James. I think half the time at home, he talked in the King James language. Like, like dad, you're not from England, all right? The these and the thous. Here's why I, I think the, the these and the thous, that sounds more holy, right? Sounds more spiritual. I think the devil's afraid of when, you know, I rebuketh thee, devil, get thee behind me, right? I just like, I think the devil's scared of that kind of stuff. I think kids are scared of that stuff. I, my dad, I think my dad used to say that, you know, thou breakest one more curfew, thine backside will be correcteth by the rod. Okay, dad. Thou wilt spend many a day in thine room. I'm scared of my dad using King James language. But I grew up on King James and then New King James and NIV, but it's back in the King James and New King James, you'll see uh, verse four, which is a powerful verse. Let me start with verse three for you, reading out of the New King James. Now, in these, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel, here we go, this is verse four, for an angel went down, say come down. There's another translation that says come down. For an angel would come down at a certain time into the pool and the water would be stirred. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease they had. I love that. From time to time, an angel Lord would come down. Sometimes that's what we're asking for. We're asking God to come down when we need a change in our life. We're asking him to come down. Come down, God, and fix this situation. Come down and fix my marriage. Come down and fix this depression. Come down and fix this chaos in my life. From time to time, the angel would come down and stir the water, and the first person in would get healed of whatever they had. Now, that sounds great, but it put this man at a great disadvantage. It put this man that had been there for 38 years at a great disadvantage. When an angel would come down, the first one in wins. And can I tell you, that really just sounds like religion. The way religion works. Person with the most titles, person that gives the most, person with the best church attendance, person with the most good deeds. Can I tell you, that's not what this is all about. This is about grace. Because here, it's what grace does. Jesus is grace in the flesh, amen, aren't you glad? Jesus is grace in the flesh. He walks up to the worst case scenario, the one who would have been last in line that no one else pays attention to and says, you're first. The most desperate the situation, the greater the opportunity for a miracle. And some of us keep asking for God to come down. Give me joy, give me peace, give me healing, give me restoration, give me increase, give me freedom. Can I say you don't have to ask God to come down? He already has. Jesus came down, amen? Jesus already gave you victory over that. 
But look at the story. The man had some reasons why he couldn't receive his breakthrough. Let's take a look at verse seven. It says this in verse seven. Sir, the invalid replied when Jesus asked, do you want to get well? I have no one to help me into the pool when the water stirred. When I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus asks the man, do you want to get well? The man gives him the reasons why he can't. You might just expect Jesus to look at him and say, I did not ask you all that. I mean, I can see him doing it. Not what I asked you. Now, everything the man said was true. It was real. Everything the man said was fact, but faith has the ability to be greater than the facts. Now, listen, in the presence of an unlimited God who has already given us the victory, we can put limits on him. And the man began to explain to Jesus how things work around here. (laughs) How many times have we explained to Jesus how things work around my house? How things work around my church? How things work around my work? How things work around my situation? And so the man begins to tell Jesus how things work around his pool. The pool, I have nobody to help me. I have nobody to pick me up. I have nobody to get me where I need to go. I have nobody to help me get my breakthrough. And I'm reminded of a story in John 4. See, we're in John 5, not long before this. In John 4, when Jesus was going through Samaria, let's take a look at John 4, starting in verse 7. He comes to this woman, a Samaritan woman, and he asks, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. We don't mix. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus said, it doesn't matter to me. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Let me stop for one second here. It's interesting. The woman asked Jesus, you don't have a bucket. And Jesus says, listen, if you knew who I was, I don't need a bucket. I'm the well. I'm the source of living water. That's what Jesus was saying to her. Then he goes back on. Are you, she asked this, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us a well and drank from it himself and did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them, will become in them, will be in them, will live in them as a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The living water of Jesus can be in you, our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory through the Lord Jesus Christ in you and well up in you and live in you. I love that. Jesus says, I'm the well that will never run dry. I am the living water. So Jesus, the living water, walks up to the man and the man starts telling Jesus, the living water, how he can't get to the living water. And Jesus, the living water, says to the man, I saw that you can't get to the living water. That's why the living water came to you. That's why the living water comes to you. That's your victory. The living water came to you because you couldn't get to the living water. We couldn't be good enough. We couldn't do enough good deeds. So the living water had to come to us. And when the living water comes inside of us, we don't need a man to get us to the living water. We don't need a man to pick us up. We don't need a man for the breakthrough. We need to tap into the living water already inside of us. Oh, spring up a well within my soul. Come on, that living water that's within you. Breakthrough begins with you. When you ask God to come down, he already did. This man 
is learning a valuable lesson and teaching us that as well. And for you and I, breakthrough begins where our excuses end. Breakthrough begins where our excuses end. I don't have anyone to get me to the living water. I've been this way for a long time. But look at what Jesus did back in John 5 after hearing all these excuses or reasons that other people won't help, other people are blocking my breakthrough. John 5, verse 8, says this, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. He said, get up. Could it be that while you're waiting for God to come down, God is waiting for you to get up? Could it be that we're asking God to come down? He's asking us to get up because he's already provided the victory. Could it be that we're asking him for a breakthrough? He's like, you've already had the victory. Now get up, pick up your mat and walk. We're asking God to come down and God's asking us to get up. Breakthrough doesn't begin when your situation changes. It begins when you change. So not blaming anybody then. I can't blame anybody. I don't need anyone. I'm not waiting for my situation to change. I'm asking God to change me. I'm asking God to change me. That's my prayer. God, change me, not my situation. Do a work in me. Do a work in me. God, work in me. Thank you for the living water. Thank you for the living water springing up in me. Do a work in me. This is the place of breakthrough. And this is the time where breakthrough begins. See, breakthrough begins with me. I'm ready. I'm ready for a breakthrough. See, the only thing blocking you from the breakthrough God wants to release in you is your ability and willingness to believe that it's possible. Sometimes we learn to live with things Jesus died to take away things he already won the victory for us. A breakthrough begins when I get up and pick up my mat and leave behind my excuses and ask God to set me free from me and walk with him. Breakthrough begins in me. See, my heart and my hope today is to set us up for the next couple weeks to see that our starting point is us, not our situation, not what's going around not our spouse, not our kids, not our financial status, not the doctor's report. It's us. It's you and I. And if we'll be honest and transparent with that and realize all these things that we will say keep us from the living water are simply excuses. And if we'll be courageous enough to look at at ourselves and realize that the living water came to us, then we can begin to find our breakthrough. See, because God loves us. He's not a respecter of persons. He loves us. He cares for us. The living water is available for everyone. He's already won the victory. So allow the living water of Jesus through that relationship to rise up, spring up a well deep within my soul, and tap into that living water that God has provided for you and allow him to move and work in you so that you can change the situation. Because he is a good and faithful God. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to pray first for that within you that needs a breakthrough, and then we'll ask people if they want to give their life to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for all those gathered here today, right place at the right time, on their way to a meeting. They're having a meeting with you, the living water, that whatever it is in their life that they would say is an obstacle or a hindrance or they've been struggling, however many years they've had it, 38 years or belong, that does not matter. Lord, you can change us in a moment. 
So many things, Father God, that we would say are hindrances and obstacles, and I get that, Lord, but let it start with us. Let us look at ourselves first because breakthrough begins with us. Let us drink from the well of living water you have provided. No matter what our circumstances are, no matter what it looks like, no matter how long, may we tap into that living water that is in us. We pull and draw upon that. May we get up, Father God. Even our circumstances haven't changed. May we get up, Father God. May we pick up our mat and may we say we are walking forward in Jesus. I pray, Father God, that you give us courage and boldness to be able to walk through those obstacles and hindrances to enjoy and experience the victory that you have already won. Thank you for it. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.